Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina, and we are here today with special guest Becky Sigmund, all the way from Oklahoma City. <laughs> Becky, I want you to formally introduce yourself, but we have met Becky four, five, six hundred years ago in a church setting. Um, God reconnected us years later through social media, which Mm -hmm. is a wonderful thing when you use it that way. Right. And probably the last three-ish years, we've been partnering together with the ministry you're a part of. We're going to talk about that, but tell us who you are and what is your favorite pizza topping? Okay. (laughs) My name is Becky, mm-hmm. and I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. And at age 28, God led us to Oklahoma City, which um, is... Two different <laughs> cultures. That was a hard sell for uh-huh. my mind, even though my heart was good with that's where God was leading us. That yeah. was a hard sell, but I'm so grateful that he led us here. The friendships we've made, you know, I wouldn't trade the experience Mm-hmm. You know, now that I've been through it, mm-hmm. wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, glad that we've reconnected through mm-hmm. the years so that our lives and ministries can work together. Mm-hmm. I was married young, got married on my 19th birthday. Oh, I didn't know that. Actually, on your birthday. <gasps> on my birthday. Wow. wow. Seemed like a good idea. No, it wasn't? Uh, you know. It's you, kind of divided your special days then. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Okay. So got married young. I had a child young at, at 21. We've been married, this will be 42 years when we get to the end of this year. It'll be 42 years for us with a wonderful Christian husband. God has blessed us richly. Mm. So that's my life story. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that life has not always been easy, Mm. as it might appear on the outside. Our first tragedy that we faced as a young married couple at 21 and 22 was my sickness during my pregnancy Mm. and the eventual... I'll say birth of my daughter, it was more her body was removed from my body to Mm. save my life. Wow. Really? Yes. And she weighed one pound, 12 ounces. Oh, my word. And nearly 40 years ago, you know, we weren't given much hope. And I, I say all that to put a foundation where David and I were at that young age, what we had been through. Yeah. So with that experience, and then the less than 10 years later, feeling God leading us to move away from the only home I've ever known. Yeah. That was very major. I do count that as one of the major events in my life. My husband was raised in a military family, had lived everywhere. I had never lived anywhere else. So packing Mm. up all of our worldly belongings with the three of us in the front of a U-Haul and moving to this unknown world called Oklahoma. Wow where we felt led by the Lord because I was looking for not spending so many hours in a commute. I was looking, I wanted to be the wife and mother I'd always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And the time just did not allow for that for us in California. I was spending all my time commuting and working. Mm -hmm. So that's what we were looking for. And that is what we have found. Yeah. But that was a very hard sell. Yeah. How old was your daughter, Joanna, when you packed up? She turned seven on the trip. Wow. 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 So this is mainly, this This is what she knows. She yeah. does remember California, and we still have friends and family there, and we visit sure. there. But mm-hmm. this is this is her home as well, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So traumatic birth, you're accustomed to things not being the perfect Christian life. 
<laughs> well, I am until something happens. Yeah. <laughs> okay, explain that. Yeah. I understand, but explain So going that. through life, I'm not anticipating the next tragedy by yeah. any means. I'm leaning on the Lord daily for my daily needs and mm-hmm. knowing that He has always been faithful. And so when a tragedy or big life event does take place, I feel like I'm I'm grounded and I'm rooted. Mm-hmm. And that has been God's saving grace for me is to mm-hmm. have that firm foundation. So when something out of the ordinary happens, so the ordinary for me is going day to day, yeah. you know, not looking for the next tragedy, mm-hmm. but when it comes, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got a choice. I have a choice. I feel like I made my choice. I feel like God has proven himself faithful. Mm. So then, you know, many years of health and happiness Yet my health has always been precarious. There's mm-hmm. been different issues we've dealt with through the years. Like how many years would you say? Our whole married life, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. Mm-hmm. You know, just coming from a doctor's appointment this morning for a, a health issue that I've had for, you know, 30-some years. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. some long-term things to deal with. Mm-hmm. Still, when going through an annual mammogram mm-hmm. and when I would... I, I just turned 51 by a, by a week, mm-hmm. so at, at age 51, and never have gotten called back on a mammogram, which mm-hmm. means they might have seen something or whatever, never never gotten any kind of word or anything. Mm-hmm. This particular annual mammogram, I did get a call mm-hmm. that said, hey, we see something, we'd like to take another look. Mm-hmm. And I said, great, you know, went, immediately went back in a few days later and they decided they wanted to do a biopsy that that's the an ultrasound those are the next routine steps that come Mm -hmm. and it was a couple weeks out from christmas so i thought i'll schedule these right around christmas so i can get a couple days off work you know make Mm -hmm. this so i scheduled it for close to out i don't know the 19th or the 20th or Mm -hmm. something of december and they my doctor called back and said no we need to go ahead and do this. Okay. At this time, are you thinking, oh, this is just routine, or are you fearful? Honestly, I I wasn't fearful at this point. I did feel like each step of, you need to come back, and then, no, not in two weeks now. Mm -hmm. I felt like God was helping me eat this elephant to come one Uh, bite at a time. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. so that perhaps to soften the blow. Yeah. Did you talk about it with your husband or any close friends? or your sisters, or did you keep it all in during that time? Honestly, there at the beginning, I did tell my sisters. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to tell anybody else because, honestly, I didn't want to talk about my breast with anybody. Mm -hmm. That was, I just didn't want to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. So then I found out a, a, a week later, David had shared it in our Sunday school class, and I had, I had yet to tell my other sister and I said now I've got to do Um, that and I just I didn't want to answer the questions I don't know any answers I don't I don't want the concentration I don't want the focus on me especially you know again I didn't want to talk about my breast with anybody yeah I didn't want to do that Mm -hmm. so you know the the I knew at the biopsy Mm -hmm. and the ultrasound and I, I just want to say during those procedures you know, I was apprehensive. Nobody sure. likes pain, yeah. you know, so going in. But I had such a peace about it. Mm. And even to the point where the, the the technician doing the biopsy said, you know, kept saying, you doing all right? You doing all right? Yep, doing all right. He said, I've never seen anybody so calm. Wow. And honestly, that was just 
just what I had prayed for. And the Lord just, I just had a peace that day. Mm-hmm. I was able to lay still, allow what needed to happen to happen. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so peaceful about it. Mm-hmm. I can tell by their talk, you know, even though my eyes were closed, I could tell by their talk. And then certainly when the test was over and they're bandaging me up, when the nurse, you know, says little things like, it's going to be okay. We're going to be here for you. And uh. so I'm hearing, okay, this is, there's something there. This is going to be long-term, whatever. Again, just receiving those little pieces a little bit at a time so that when the word did come just a few days later, mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be that. I had already, I guess, reconciled that mm-hmm. t- to happen. Mm-hmm. And I remember the the first things I said out loud were, I'm just so sorry for what my family's going to have to go through. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing was, God just uses for your glory. Mm. Like, I don't want to go through all this, whatever all this is. Right. I don't want to go through all this yeah. and there not be a point or a purpose. Mm. Wow. So another, I... here we are at another life crisis. What am I going to do with this? What am yeah. I going to do with this news? Well, my heart and mind are telling me God's been faithful. Mm. Think back on all the other big issues in life, the health crises, you know, all these things. God's always been there. Mm-hmm. It's, it hasn't always been easy, but it's always been okay mm. because of the peace that God gives. And mm-hmm. I, I had that peace from the beginning and just really took diagnosis from that point to wanting to use it for God's glory, whatever that looked like. Wow. I had no idea what that was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to state the obvious. This is only possible through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Only. And so at what point did you make a decision in your past? So at 51, you're experiencing this piece. But if, if you don't mind going back to when was it where you knew that you needed Jesus? He needed to be your Savior, that you confessed your sin and invited him okay. to, to control your and guide your life. At what point did you make that decision? So like every other step in my life, I follow my sister everywhere, <laughs> backing up to moving to Oklahoma. I followed her, her here, yeah. yes. <laughs> I followed her into the workforce. I was just behind her in school. Well, when I was seven and she would have been eight, nine, mm-hmm. and, and she walked down down the aisle to, to find Jesus, I was right behind her. Yeah. You know, if it was good for her, it was good for me. <laughs> and so having the privilege of growing up in a Christian home and in a church, I knew that that was something special. Mm. But I came to a heart knowledge of I've, I'm a sinner and I need my sins forgiven and I need to make some life changes at the age of 12. Okay. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. when I really got the... So I feel like I had... A lot of people have the head knowledge and don't get the heart knowledge till later. I feel like I started with the heart knowledge of of God, Mm. with with Jesus living within me. But I finally got it, you know, in in my brain that Mm -hmm. I'm a sinner and I need to make changes and I rely totally on him about the age 12. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And so... I love that you make that distinction. A lot of, that was my story too. I knew all about Jesus. I knew all the right answers, yeah. but it wasn't until I was 19 that I go, okay, I'm committing my life. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to stop there and put a pin in yeah. that because at 12 then having a consistent, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but a consistent relationship, a growing relationship with Jesus at 51, it's not fun to hear you've got cancer, right? but you've got now this playbook that God's always there. Exactly. God's always there. Okay, so, so fast forward, what happens then? So in my mind, I know he's always been faithful. Mm. Why would I question this time? 
Like, I don't know what this is about. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know what this is going to feel like. You know, eh, nobody yeah. wants pain, you know, but I'm pretty sure there's some pain in my future at that <laughs> yeah. point. So, you know, it, it was a painful process mm-hmm. due to previous health issues that I've referred to, you know, through the years, I was not eligible for traditional chemo. Okay. So now what are we going to do with that? How are we mm. going to kill this cancer? So because of that, I took some radical steps. I had a double mastectomy followed up by two other surgeries. So within a 10-month period, I had three major surgeries. Wow. It was a rough road. Mm -hmm. But in that time, in that time, because of my health history and having low immunity, Mm -hmm. I didn't leave my house for several months. Wow. So I would leave for doctor's appointments really only, mm-hmm. you know, and I was, I was homebound. Well, I've always been in the workforce. So now being homebound and not feeling well during that time, I recalled in that quiet time how God had been telling me to slow down, mm. be still. Mm-hmm. I knew God had been saying that, I don't know how long, probably a long time. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in a position where I'm still, I hear you, Lord. Yeah. And I, I, I'm envisioning the couch I was sitting on in yeah. my living room. Okay, here I am, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is pre-COVID. This is before it was fashionable to be yes. in your home. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I took that opportunity for growth, maybe out of desperation, mm maybe out of the Lord had made a time where I could be still. Yeah. Wow. I, I could stop for just a little bit. And I had nothing else to do, mm-hmm. to concentrate on. It was really a beautiful time mm-hmm. to to get closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because I was totally dependent upon his proven faithfulness in the past to get me through whatever this is looking like here. When the doctor says we recommend chemo, yet I can't take chemo. Honestly, you think I would go through day by day thinking about, but I never had chemo. Yeah. I don't think about it. I wouldn't be talking about it now if we weren't reminiscing on my story. Mm-hmm. I just don't. God is in control. I, I had the, I've done everything I could possibly do without having that chemo to better my health. You know, I, like other breast cancer survivors, I'm I'm good now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always good until the next scan. Yeah. And then, are you good there? Then mm-hmm. you're better till the next scan. Mm-hmm. You know, so holding holding hold strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to say, with even all the physical pain, the physical deformities that mm-hmm. come with having breast cancer. Sure. What the doctors don't tell you is that breast cancer is 90% a mental and emotional game. Mm. Okay, say that again, please. 90% of having breast cancer is a mental and emotional game. Because to look at me today, I'm put together, my hair's done, I have my lipstick on, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm, I'm in good spirits. And, and all those things are true. Yeah. But when I, I still have to see what I see in the mirror. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's not explained to you, that mental and emotional of, you know, of a woman losing her breast mm-hmm. or those who have chemo losing their hair, mm. you know, which, inc- which is all your hair, you know, you lose your eyebrows, it changes your 
facial, you, you became, you know, you're sick. Yeah. You're sick for a while. Mm-hmm. And you look sick for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, because I personally didn't have that chemo, so I didn't have that sickness look about me. My biggest thing is I probably lost a lot of weight, mm-hmm. you know. But to look at me on the outside, you didn't know what was going on, not only in the inside, but, you know, under my clothing, yeah. what, what I have to deal with, what I have to see, mm-hmm. the scars, yeah. the literal mm-hmm. scars, the the lack of womanhood mm-hmm. that as the world perceives it. Right. And I said before, you know, that I didn't even want to tell anybody I had breast cancer. Those who knew, I said, you know, well, I've been diagnosed with cancer. You know, that I didn't want to use the word breast. It's perfectly right. fine with me now yeah. to, to, to speak of that because it, it is what it is yeah. in this case. So dealing with those things, I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I am not where I need to be immediately in the morning, when I'm, you know, I don't know who put a whole row of mirrors in my bathroom, but, you know, there's no getting away from it. Yeah. You know, yeah. mm. if I'm not in the mindset mm. immediately in the morning where I need to be, Satan will peck at me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Where is your womanhood? You know, where is your shape? Where is mm-hmm. your form? You know, all oh. the things that the, the world might call beautiful. Right. But I must say, I am blessed with a wonderful Christian husband who's mm. grounded and rooted. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the grace of God, he still finds attraction mm. in his wife who has been carved in many directions. Oh, wow. And there's the scars to show those. Mm. So I choose to mm. see those scars. you know, And, I, and I've used the words out loud. Mm-hmm. Not today, Satan. Yeah. Be gone. You know, yeah. and just say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because I know Satan doesn't want to be around where somebody's claiming the name of Jesus. <laughs> right. But I see those scars as battle wounds. Mm. That That's what was and that's what had to happen mm-hmm. to get me to where I am today mentally. Right. So mentally and emotionally so I can deal with those womanhood things. And I won't even go into the plethora of other issues that arise for a woman with breast cancer, use your imagination when mm-hmm. we are so fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. God has made us for women. We're special. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. We can have babies. Yeah. You know, yeah. we got you there. You yeah. know, yeah. we can nurse babies. Mm-hmm. You know, we become a woman at a certain age because our bodies change, all these changes. And at a stage in life that stops. And that's another stage to go through when mm-hmm. you, with a woman's body. Well, in breast cancer, that all gets all kind of balled up together, squished together, and then pieces removed. Mm -hmm. So when, I'll use myself as an example, having estrogen positive breast cancer. So we have to do everything to stop my body from making estrogen. Okay. Okay. In medication form, there are certain foods that are high in estrogen that I try to avoid. Because of that, my body is not reacting normal as a woman who like, we're supposed to have estrogen yeah that's how god made us sure and for reasons and for purposes mm-hmm. and when that is when your body as a woman is robbed of that it wreaks havoc mm. mm-hmm. so more doctor's appointments to yeah. keep up with things mm-hmm. like that all this to say where's god in all this yeah so i knew he was there from the beginning mm-hmm. and i I don't know why, but 
as soon as I got off the phone call with my doctor giving me that news, I said, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, mm. the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with this? Yeah. Because I know God is faithful. God has been faithful in my life. I have told other people God is faithful in my life. Now, what am I going to do with that? Mm. Am I going to go back on that word? Mm-hmm. My word to other people, God's word to me, am I going to go back on that? Mm. Or am I going to buck it up and say, you've proven yourself faithful. Okay, let's go. Yeah. So that's what I chose to do. I'm no saint. I'm no, I've got nothing that anybody else can't have. Yeah. But, but <clears throat> knowing that God had already proven faithful in my young married life mm-hmm. and in, in the saving of my life and my child's life and wa- now getting to watch her grow into a woman. Now I have grandchildren, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. God has proven himself faithful. So if I depend on that and I continue to lean on that faithfulness, it's going to be all right. I want to go back to what you said to buck up. You're not saying you denied your feelings. I, I feel like you probably had those moments when you looked in the mirror and cried and sobbed and God, why? Yes, yes. But you didn't stray from that center and the center was God's I didn't stay faithful. there. Yeah. I didn't stay there. Mm. You know, and that's if, if I allowed my mind and, and this, it didn't happen today, but it could happen tomorrow. Yeah. You know, if I'm, if I'm low in spirit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I start my day and I, I see in the mirror what I don't want to see, like I said, Satan will use that for me. Yeah. And I feel like he'll peck at me, mm-hmm. you know, and so I've got to rise above that. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes a conscious effort to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's being in the word and, and having that open communication with our Lord. You know, mm-hmm. he already knows how I'm feeling, but he wants, to, he wants to hear it from me. So I'll tell him how I'm feeling. So when I say I buck it up, what I'm doing is I'm gathering my wits. I'm remembering the faithfulness that has always been there. So why would I even have any down or sorrow thinking, is God going to be with me during this? Mm-hmm. I, I never thought, is God going to be with I never thought that. Yeah. I knew God was going to be with me through it. He'd proven himself time and time again. So the mental and emotional part of that is filling my cup, mm-hmm. making sure I'm, I'm in a good place with the Lord, that I've confessed my sins, that I've asked him to be with me and guide me this day, guide my words as I did before I came in here. Mm-hmm. Let let this be a story about you mm-hmm. because it really is yeah. a story about him. And it all started when I was raised in the church and just had that full heart knowledge. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I know, I know about Jesus. I know about Jesus. And then it getting to the age where mm, in my head, I know about Jesus and now I need to do a few things. I need to start confessing my sins because mm-hmm. I'm a sinner at age 12 mm-hmm. and just really growing from there. So blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives and he takes away. Mm. Maybe he took away some body parts, but he also gave me so much more the assurance of his presence. Mm. Becky, because we've known you for several years, <clears throat> I can see where people would look at you and hear from you and because you're assertive. I think you're purposeful. You come across very confident. I, I, just, I don't think people could, could even begin to think of the battle behind the scenes mm-hmm. that you would deal with just because of how you, you are and 
in the way God's made you, your personality, right. your background. I've been accused of being overconfident. <clears throat> and, okay, I accept that. Maybe I am, but I know what I know. Yeah. And what I know is God's been faithful. How many mm-hmm. times have I said it even yeah. just here this morning? Yeah. That's what I know. Mm-hmm. That's what's proven true in my life. You know, name the situation, anything. I mean, marriage is not easy. Mm-hmm. No, but by the grace of God, <laughs> you know, and statistically in breast cancer, there is a 50% divorce rate. 50%. After diagnosis. After, yes. Yeah. Man. Wow. Because of what we go through yeah. as, as women, men can't handle that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then they also have to deal with the, the loss of their, their marriage, the yeah. person who should, in my opinion, be supporting them and helping them through this. And that's what I had mm-hmm. and what I have. Yeah. The fact that my husband still finds me attractive mm-hmm. is a boost to my to my soul, to my sure. encouragement, to my yeah. womanhood, to my yeah. femininity. Mm-hmm. You know, even with the, the bumps and bruises and the scars and scrapes. Mm-hmm. And God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to, for the listener, we're going to do a part two, which is going to kind of pick up on how you were supported how you were led to Project 31. We're going to unpack what that is. So Great. But I, I, what I love and what I keep hearing is God's character was never on trial. You knew God's character going in. It sustained you in the middle of it. It sustained you now. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's the message of your story. You, God's character was never on trial. That's right. And yet that. I believe the compassion you could have for women who haven't had that foundation that you've had, Becky, yes. with God, how how horrible that must be Mm -hmm. yeah we'll talk about that in the work with project 31 in part two so we're going to wrap this up for part one with our interview with becky listen uh, look forward to part two we're going to pick up where becky talks about project 31 we're going to unpack what that looks like and how you can get connected as well. We want to thank you as always for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcast, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to 